I'm Linda Flarkey with Buena Vista Ranch in Lampasas, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. So great to be back with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a bad cotton crop here in Texas just keeps getting worse. The weekly crop ratings are out and they look even worse than last week's. We'll take a look at those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Wheat farmers in the Texas High Plains region are preparing for another season but they hope to get some additional rain in the weeks ahead of planting time. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Farmers are slow in purchasing additional acres of agricultural land for production as crop conditions and crop failures are being assessed from the negative impact of the drought and hot summer temperatures. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the final part of my series on this topic on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in Marshall. Nothing changes in our area, just like across most of the state. The weather is what we talk about and the effects that it's having on us in the cattle business, uh, the forage business, and producing vegetables. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The latest crop condition ratings are out for this week, and the cotton crop conditions just continue to get worse every week. Here's the latest rundown of the numbers. Only 11% of our Texas cotton crop now rated good to excellent, 30% rated fair, and 59% of the Texas cotton crop now rated poor to very poor. Keep in mind, these numbers are for the cotton that's left in the field right now. It doesn't include those acres that have been abandoned for insurance. 85% of the Texas cotton crop now setting bowls, 25% showing open bowls. No harvest yet reported. However, we do know that USDA is a bit behind when it comes to reporting Texas harvest progress. Now, as far as harvest is concerned on other crops, 44% of the corn now harvested here in Texas, according to the report, 52% of the sorghum harvested, and 66% of the Texas rice crop now harvested. USDA's most recent supply and demand report estimated current U.S. cotton carryout at a very low 1.8 million bales. Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says we haven't had that low of a carryover in modern history. I've got records back to 1906 
And the lowest carryover was in 1910. Of course, you know, that's such a long time ago that, you know, the pipeline, the supply chain back then is is not the same as it is now. So I think we need about 2 million bales to basically just kind of keep the pipeline full. And if it gets below that, then things could get very, very volatile. So, you know, we'll have to see how it shakes out. And with less than 2 million bales currently projected, what does that mean for the market? Well, what it means is that we'll simply ration whatever's whatever's left, which what is left is in the pipeline, you know, in a warehouse getting put on a truck, getting taken to a port. And and if that cotton hasn't been any of that cotton that hasn't been bought is going to get bought at a very high price. So it's a recipe for volatility, leaving less cotton available for export until the new crop comes in. Tyson Foods says it will invest $200 million to expand and upgrade its beef processing plant in Amarillo. The company says the project will include additions to the existing complex and upgrades to team member well-being areas such as locker rooms, cafeteria, and office space. Construction on the 143,000-square-foot addition is scheduled to begin this fall with completion by 2024. This announcement comes just a week after a new 3,000 head per day plant was announced by Producer-Owned Beef, a startup company with ranchers and cattle feeders as owners. Wheat farmers in the Texas High Plains region are preparing for another season, and James Hunt tells us they're hoping to get more rain before planting time. Just about two months after concluding what was a disappointing season due to our drought, wheat farmers in our area are getting ready to make another go of it. In Ockeltree County, which includes Perryton, Extension Agent Scott Strawn says producers seem optimistic as prices remain high. Strawn expects increased acreage for wheat in his area, especially as farmers have some extra incentive on the dryland side. We had some pale cotton acres on dry land and uh, soil makers as well. So they have to do something with these dry land acres and they have some time. Time to hopefully get more rain ahead of planting. I would say to really have it ideal, we would need at least, in my opinion, a minimum of about three more inches and even more so if we really want to build that soil profile, we're going to need up to six plus. But just to get that first foot or two in really great shape, I would say we need a good three-inch general rain over several days to really have it where we want it. In Def Smith County, which includes Hereford, Extension Agent Rick Ackerman says farmers also seem primed for another go, especially if seed supply is not too much of an issue. It's always questionable depending on what varieties the producer wants to plant, but I think we'll still see a pretty good amount of small grains planted here. You know, obviously a lot of it will be for silages and hay, but for grains, I'm hearing that it potentially could be up as far as acreage for grain production. As is true region-wide, Ackerman also says more rain is needed there. Our soil moisture is pretty slim. We have some probably for planting, but there's nothing underneath it right now. So hopefully if we continue to get some rain to push that moisture down, we'll be in better shape. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The drought has put a damper on purchasing farmland here in Texas. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Buyers and sellers of Texas ranch land and recreational lifestyle property have slowed or stopped their interest, at least temporarily, due to the impact of the drought and the excessively hot temperatures this summer. 
Even though recent weather patterns have finally produced rainfall and lower temperatures in some regions of Texas, the effects of the weather will continue to linger. Broker partner Tyler Jacobs of Hall & Hall LLP concludes his comments on this topic when it comes to the agricultural farmland market. The reality there is we've got so much uncertainty on what these economic losses are, not only in market pricing, but in crop conditions and crop failures. When there's uncertainty in that market, buyers tend to hit pause. They want confidence before they reach out and expand their operation. So I think you're seeing a little bit of pause on the production ground as well. There's just not much as much enthusiasm as there was even six months ago. Top of the market pricing and where we had really rosy commodity prices. And, and now we're kind of back to, hey, these commodity prices are pulling back. We're in the middle of a drought. We're probably probably fixing to sustain some pretty big hits economically. So the reality there is, is that probably a wait and see approach also for these buyers. And that's why I always encourage anytime you've got an opportunity to take high resolution, nice photography of your place, green and lush and the ponds full, it's always a good idea because you never know when you might need them. Again, that is Tyler Jacobs. He is with Hall & Hall LLP out of College Station. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas received some very good rains this week as weather continues to dominate the coffee shop talk. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. The weather is the topic in this portion of East Texas as it is across the state. Along with that weather and the dryness in this area, we are still under burn bans in most of our East Texas counties, especially those right here in the central part of East Texas. We also drift over into Louisiana every now and then, and they have the same situation in northwestern Louisiana. It is hot, it's dry, the burn bans are on. The next thing that we talk about is due to the dry weather is resulting in larger runs at the livestock auctions and the early calf sales will be a short-term problem. Long-term is how many producers will survive if we do not get fall rains because when restocking time comes in the breeding herds, they will be difficult to get because of high prices and they're just going to have to figure out whether they're going to stay in the business. And we're fearful that many will drop out because of the drought areas and uh, no forage, and bam, we have a difficult situation. Producers are still looking for hay, bringing in many loads outside our area. Fruit vegetable stands are closing early. Fall gardens are not promising. But look, school is starting. Friday night lights will be glowing. And in Texas, that always puts a little light of hope for everyone to see the Friday night lights shine bright. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. The drought has taken a toll on Texas crops, and that could impact dove season. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And small ruminants have very specific needs when it comes to vitamins and minerals. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. 
So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Small ruminants like sheep and goats have very specific needs when it comes to vitamins and minerals. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at a few of those needs. Zinc is an important mineral in small ruminants, and deficiency usually results from other minerals like calcium and phosphorus preventing zinc absorption. Deficient animals develop a crusty scaling of the skin, foot soreness with abnormal hoof growth and lameness, as well as decreased fertility. Zinc toxicity is rare and usually is related to a feed mixing error or animals boarded adjacent to a factory that galvanizes steel can cause zinc dust to be present on the pasture. Manganese is another important mineral and most grasses contain adequate amounts. Inadequate amounts of manganese can result in skeletal abnormalities in offspring, including enlarged joints and shortened long bones. Excessive consumption of iron can tie up manganese and decrease absorption. Vitamin E is important in sheep and goats as an antioxidant to prevent damage from free radicals and is required along with selenium to prevent white muscle disease. Some minerals are antagonistic to other minerals as they prevent the absorption or transport of other minerals, and the most important antagonists are sulfur, molybdenum, and iron. All three of these minerals limit the absorption of copper, and excessive sulfur decreases selenium absorption. To diagnose these mineral problems, fresh liver should be submitted to the lab as it is the main storage site of these minerals. Blood samples are not all that helpful, but feed and water samples are very helpful. However, liver and serum samples can be used to diagnose vitamin E concentration. As you can see, many of these minerals interact with other minerals, and a veterinary nutritionist is needed to make sure you are feeding sheep and goats the correct ration. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The drought has taken a toll on Texas crops, and that could impact dove season this fall. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. While parts of Texas are receiving some much-needed rain this week, just a few weeks ago, the overwhelming majority of the state was suffering from drought. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Texas Dove Hunters Association, said the drought's impact on crops will likely impact dove hunting this season. The lack of birds or the shortage in number of birds has been very predominant. Most all the outfitters are accounting this to is the lack of water one, obviously, will hamper the growth of these crops. But this year, it happened so soon and has been for so long now, this drought, that a lot of the grain farmers have already submitted claims for insurance on their property. And in doing so, in order to collect, they're required to turn their crops under. Of course, when you do that, now you've eliminated that feed for birds. There's no secondary growth. There's nothing on the ground. Really, the only good numbers in birds that we're seeing are morning dove 
out in the more rural areas that can survive on croton and millets and grasses and native crops as opposed to what we call the urban bird, which is the white wings and the Eurasians that like to live in town. They're kind of staying in town. That also being the case, there hasn't been anything for the white wing to drive their movements north yet. A lot of the outfitters, if they're using farmland that hasn't had irrigated crop, it's just been a dry land crop, they're not seeing the birds nearly as much as usual. In fact, they've cut back on some of their paid guns that they're allowing because they don't have the fields to put them on. That was Bobby Thornton from the Texas Dove Hunters Association. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department says extreme conditions will concentrate birds near water and food sources. Their dove expert recommends hunting near water. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. It's time for a look at the markets. So how did things shake out in Wednesday's trade? Jessica will be back with a complete look at Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Despite strong demand for beef, live cattle traded lower Wednesday as corn traded higher. August live cattle down 30 cents to 141.32. October live cattle down 82 cents to 143.77. December live cattle down 67 cents to 150 even. Fed cattle were even to higher Wednesday on strong demand for beef. August feeder cattle up 32 cents to 181.22. September feeder cattle up 57 cents to 183.02. October feeder cattle even at 184.45. Boxed beef was mixed, choice up 43 cents to $263.23. Select down 25 cents to $238.55. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Good day to you, my Texas farming and ranching neighbor, and welcome back to Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I put it all together for you. Here's Riley Rhodes from Live Oak Livestock. Riley, describe the action at your sale on Monday. Had a good sale today, Larry. Um, numbers were a little shorter, like we were talking about uh, with the good rain we had last week, but still had 901 head today. Market was uh, really active. Uh, Packer cows and bulls, uh, probably four to six higher. Most all the calves, especially better quality, four to ten higher. Uh, some of these bigger, bigger yearlings, uh, quite a bit better as well. Uh, didn't have any really good pairs. Uh, had a handful, brought seven. Fifty to a thousand, kind of same story on the bread cows. Uh, Six seventy-five to eleven fifty, not too far off of what they 
kind of way out. Uh, packer cows, a uh, good bit better, 84 to 94 on your high-yielding cows, 74 to 86 on your breakers, 38 to 64 on your canners. Uh, packer bulls higher as well, 102 to 110 on your high-yielding bulls, 84 to 102 on the low to medium-yielding bulls. Two to three-weight choice steers, 178 to 206. Uh, heifer mates, 164 to 186. Three to four-weight choice steers, 186 to 202. The heifer mates, 158 to 178. Four to five-weight choice steers, one, uh, 182 to 198. Heifer mates, 156 to 174. Five to six-weight choice steers, 168 to 194. Uh, the heifer mates, 148 to 166. Six to seven-weight choice steers, 156 up to 172. Heifer mates, 144 to 158. And the seven to eight-weight uh, cattle, their choice steers, 148 to 164. And heifer mates, 136 to 148. So real pleased with the market today. Um, just uh, lots of activity, and, and uh, the quality was good, too, uh, but uh, had a good sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next Monday, Riley. 361-813-6650 is the sale. 361-786-2553 is the office. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. Maybe that's it for Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I'll have you another one tomorrow. See you then. Lean hogs closed the day lower on Wednesday on lower pork cutout prices. October lean hogs down $2.52 to $90.37. December lean hogs down $2.05 to $82.17. Block cheese fell a penny Wednesday to $1.76. That is the lowest level we've seen for that since January 27th. Barrel cheese fell half a cent to $1.87. August class 3 milk was down 2 cents to 20.06 weight. September class 3 milk down 28 cents to 19.92 100 Cotton closed the day higher Wednesday on increases in grains and energy markets. October cotton up 131 points to 117.57. December cotton up 184 points to 114.07. December cotton up 78 points to 88.94. Corn closed higher for the sixth straight day in a row Wednesday on falling corn conditions and lower expected yields. September corn up five and three quarters to 665 and three quarters. December corn up two to 657 and a quarter. September hard red wheat was up 13 and three quarters Wednesday to 896 and a quarter. December hard red wheat up 14 and a quarter to 893 and a quarter. July 2023 hard red wheat up seven to 877 and a quarter. September natural gas rose seven cents Wednesday to 926. October natural gas up seven cents to 922. Crude oil rose Wednesday after Saudi Arabia suggested that OPEC Plus consider cutting output. October crude oil up a dollar three to ninety four seventy seven a barrel. November crude oil up a dollar seven to ninety four thirty two a barrel. Now let's check our financial markets and see how they fared on Wednesday. The Dow up 34 points to 32,944. The S&P 500 up 9 points to 4,137. And the NASDAQ up 53 points to 12,435. Analysts say those increases come ahead of an announcement on interest rates that is expected by the Fed later this week. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, 
at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.